0: Hi everyone, Charlotte here from Enriching Environments for Top Tip Tuesday on Instagram Live. We are Tuesday the 1st of March and I can't believe it's March already. And here on Top Tip Tuesday this evening we are going to be talking about Toilet Len, the Montessori way. Um, What it is, hi there, hi everyone who's joining. We're gonna be talking about toilet learning, the Montessori way, and we're gonna be talking about how um, we can support our child, we can talk about the importance of this developmental stage, and it's just a developmental stage, nothing more, nothing less, and um, busting a few myths as well. Hi, Jade, we're gonna be busting a few myths. Hi, Sarah, about um, toilet learning as well. This is Wiggly, my cat. You can see her gorgeous tail. Um, So let's dive right in and um, let's open the conversation with what we call it. The name that we call it is toilet learning rather than toilet training or potty training because um, we train dogs. Um, We don't, um, hi everyone who's joining, hi Isil, hi Summer. We train uh, dogs, we don't train children. So we call it toilet learning. It is a learning process. And um, the first thing for us to know after that, that it's training, is uh, a really good way of describing it or thinking of it, is that it's a developmental stage like a child learning to crawl or to walk. Some children crawl at six months, some children crawl at, I don't know, nine, ten months. Some children walk at 11 months, some children walk at 18 months. Neither is right or wrong. They get there in their own time and toilet learning is exactly the same. We, um, there is a sensitive period for it which is between 12 and 18 months, that's when the child becomes more body aware, that's when um, they might start to feel discomfort um, if they eliminate um, in the nappy and then in a wet nappy um, and so the sensitive period is then, that's when they become more um, attuned to their own body. However, um, what we are told in modern Western society is that um, children aren't ready, as it were, until much later. So there's a lot of conflicting messages from media, there's a lot of conflicting messages from the people like Huggies and Pampers who make uh, nappies, make diapers. So it can be a really, really confusing journey, particularly with your first child. With Montessori, toilet learning is all about, like everything else, preparing the environment. So we give our child freedom of movement, for example, when they're learning to crawl and they're learning to walk so that they can perfect these skills. We give them opportunities to walk, to move, to crawl, to jump, to hop, all of those things as much as possible. And um, for toilet learning, it's exactly the same. It's all about providing those opportunities so our child can succeed, can get there when they feel ready. Um, So, what else would I like to tell you? Um, Toilet learning is a really interesting process because it's learning for the parent and it's learning for the child. So the child learns body awareness. Their child learns um, what elimination is, what their body does when they eat something, then it's eliminated. All of this Um, things about their body and body awareness um, happens during toilet learning. They learn about the process and the systems of their body. And then um, the child also learns autonomy. So they learn that they have control over what their body does. They learn over a period of time that they can hold themselves, that they can hold maybe a couple of seconds initially, or they learn that they can hold their bladder, they can hold their bowels, you know, for you know, a couple of minutes, quite a long time as they get older. So it's all a learning process of autonomy, so control um, and body awareness. That's what, hi everyone who's joining, sorry I'm not keeping up. Um, And for the parent, the learning is patience and submission. And I said this to one of the parents um, of one of the, the children in my class this afternoon actually, it's all about patience and submission. For hi Tanya, for... Uh, for adults, for the parent and patients, because every child is on their own timeline and this um, may come in a couple of days for some children, a couple of weeks for others and a couple of months for other children and um, submission, so submission means that we relinquish control. Our work as a parent, as the adult in this situation and me for example as an adult in a toddler environment, in a toddler community, it's very much submitting to where the child is in that moment and it's the same for us as parents and with my own two children it was the same, just relinquishing control, knowing that once we prepare the environment like every other skill, like every other developmental stage, our child will get there. So, in terms of um, submission in this stage, it's submitting to knowing that there will be misses. Um, This is a really big part of this topic, actually. In the same way that we don't call it training, we call it learning, we also call them misses, not accidents. Because an accident is a loaded word. Whereas if we say a miss, it's literally factual. You missed the toilet, you missed the potty. That's what it was, it's just a miss. So we call it a miss. And, um, And moving into that topic, actually, of the language we're using around this, is always very positive always very very encouraging we don't need to praise and we don't need to offer rewards but it's very light and easy it's no drama when a miss happens we help our child go to the bathroom and they change out of their wet undies and they dry change into new ones like it's no drama it's no um, fuss and part of our preparation and. Um, um, part of our preparation is emotionally getting ourselves ready for that like okay I know that there's going to be misses whether we do a traditional potty training like a strict rigid thing Or we do this toilet learning, there are going to be misses. You know, my seven year old and almost five year old have misses occasionally when they're playing, when they're laughing too much, when they tickle each other too much. You know, misses happen. And the main thing for us is just to be prepared for them emotionally prepared, knowing that's going to happen, and then physically prepared, you know, with changes of clothes and bags for wet clothes and all of those type of things. But, um, The emotional preparation for us is involved, what's involved there is thinking, you know, how do we feel about elimination? Do we let our child come into the bathroom with us now? Have they seen us? Go to the toilet. Have they um, experienced that? Do they know the sequence of events? The parent I was speaking to today was saying that her son knows the sequence of events. So that after you go to the bathroom, you flush, you wash your hands, and he reminds her of that process. So that's great, and, and it's really interesting because when we think of toilet learning, it covers so many skills. You know, this is the work of the toddler age group. You know, um, I know that many schools of thought will be talking about teaching our toddlers colors and how many words they know and 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 starting on maths or all these other crazy things but really honestly the real work of toddlers is helping them into this developmental stage of toilet learning with no shame with lots of encouragement and with no drama literally helping them move into this stage as a natural part of becoming Uh, of being a human being and becoming a preschooler, moving into that next stage of development. Um, There is nothing more important in the toddler age than um, supporting them in this developmental stage of toilet learning. Um, As you know, circling back to what I said about body awareness and autonomy. Toilet learning, hi Stephanie, hi everyone who's joining. Um, Toilet learning is really, really important because um, it sends them messages, it gives them messages about how they feel about their bodies, you know. If we um, get annoyed when there's a miss, if we use words like dirty or, um, you know, dirty for making a mess or dirty for, hi David, um, for uh, if they when they have a miss, then that has a massive impact on their body, how they feel about their body. And also, um, toilet learning and how they feel their body about their bodies in this stage is going to have an impact on their intimate life and what they feel in terms of shame when they're older, when they're grown up. And I know that seems like a really intense and hectic thing to be thinking about when we're talking about a toddler and toilet learning. But this is a really crucial period. Um, you can look at the work of Eric Erickson, um, and he divided... Uh, all of um, human life and um, into different stages and there 's a conflict in each stage of um, what the lesson there is to be learnt and in this toddler stage it 's all about shame and about guilt, um, autonomy versus shame and guilt is what it is, and it 's all linked in to this toilet learning experience and if we can Um, support this process, and it really is a process, it's not an outcome, this process with um, lots of love and lots of respect for the child's body, then we can really, really give them this um, foundation of um, strong, um, what's the word? Confidence in their body, confidence in their autonomy, in their ability to control their bodies, and also a really positive body image, that's what I was trying to say, body image, positive body image, Um, um, positive uh, image about uh, feelings, about this completely natural and normal um, process of elimination. So it's a really, really crucial stage, I can't emphasize that enough, and that's not to scare you, but just to say that this is um, a process that our children need support. It's definitely, we don't want it to be a battle of wills. We don't want it to turn into power struggles. It's something normal and natural, and it doesn't need to be with any drama. Um, what I really find when I speak to parents about toilet learning, and actually just kind of generally hearing people talk about it, in Western society, it kind of this one of two camps. One is that it's training, and we want to... Um, get it done in a way that there's no misses and it's sort of like perfect and we're reaching, we're um, striving for this ultimate goal um, which obviously is unattainable so we want it to be all kind of nicely packaged and um, done and dusted in a couple of days and then there's no more misses or accidents as people call them, there's no more misses and it's all done tidy away, you know, move from disposables to underwear and that's it, halas, finished. So there's that, that area of control which um is quite uh dominant in western society and the other side of it as well is it's something to be feared it's you know the dreaded potty training and all of this kind of very negative language around it which of course our children are going to pick up if we have this Um, negative feeling about it and this energy that's really heavy about it and then it's a chore that of course our children are going to pick up on that as well so I promise you there's nothing to be feared it's all about the preparation so make sure you've got lots of changes of clothes Um, it's all about the preparation emotionally and physically for us there's nothing to be scared of and there's nothing to control remember our role is submission really giving in to um, this process and honoring our child's journey in that Excuse me, while I take a sip of water, um, and I'll just check my notes that I haven't missed anything. Um, and to emphasise what I was saying about how many um, hi there, um, how many key skills. Um, oh, a, a seals just sent uh, sent a really good message. So, Asil, your um, question, Asil's question says, should we wait for signs of readiness? Now, there's two answers to this question that I'm going to offer you, Asil. So, there's, there's one thing I would say from when a child is, um, it definitely shouldn't be learned by a certain age. Asil's second question is, should it be learned by a certain age? I can tell you two things. One, the sensitive period for this is 12 to 18 months. That's the sensitivity for it. And when we go beyond that window, we can get resistance in there because the child is getting into this period of um, autonomy versus shame and guilt. If you're beyond that window, don't stress about it. If you can catch it before, um, if you can catch it before, uh, during this period, 12 to 18 months, great. But if you can't, don't stress. Um, so that's one thing, Asiel. Uh, uh, it's not that you should wait for a certain age. The second thing to consider is that you can offer opportunities for eliminating on the toilet from as soon as a baby is sitting um, by themselves, independent. You know, could hold their body up. And that doesn't mean that you're potty training or learning them. It means you're offering opportunities. So think of the natural times that you would eliminate. Like you wake up in the morning and everyone needs to go. Um, (laughs) uh, um, Everyone needs to go at, um, you know, when you wake up in the morning or when they wake up from a nap, you know. Mostly when we come back home and we get out of the car, mostly, you know, we need to eliminate And the same is true for a baby, for a child, for an adult. So you could offer those opportunities. And it literally is an opportunity. It's not anything more than we're all going to the bathroom when we get back in the house, for example, like that. Um, The main thing is just making sure that you've got a completely chill and relaxed attitude to it. I'm not saying you could... You should take her out of nappies. I'm not saying anything else. It's just providing opportunities. It's no training. It's so that they get used to the feeling of sitting on the loo. It's so they get used to the feeling of maybe one day we will come out. Maybe one day poo will come out. You know, it's just getting them to have that sensation because eliminating into potty or eliminating into the toilet is a very different feeling to eliminating into a nappy so we want to be able to give them that experience of that feeling from as early age as possible so it's normal so it's natural to them Um, so you are 25 months okay Uh, so she is 25 months so what you can do is um, just offer opportunities as I've just said and then what you can do Hi, everyone who's joining. Um, And then what you can do is you can make sure that you are always changing her standing up. That's really, really important. So She's got a bit of um, autonomy. Um, Oh, and someone's just had a really, really good uh, question. So the main thing, a seal. Offer opportunities and only have her in pull-ups. So she is starting to pull up and pull down um, uh, herself. As much as possible 25 months she's going to be more or less able to with a little bit of guidance from you guys she's going to be able to pull up her pull up and pull it down again you want to offer opportunities for autonomy as much as possible because then once she's got into the habit of um pulling up and pulling down her nappy then kind of the next stage of wanting autonomy and wanting to climb up to go to the loo and things like that kind of comes naturally so think of those two things i'm actually going to do a toilet learning workshop where we're going to go into detail all of the processes so i'll cover that more and i'll tell you details about that at the end but um just just for now just give her opportunities and make sure she's in pull-ups those are the two bits of advice i'll give you right now Um, hi dietitian christelle Um, you've sent a question before didn't you you said um what to do when they are not willing to stop an activity to go to the toilet okay christelle never interrupt them to, if they're in the middle of an activity, to go to the toilet because um, concentration as a young child is more important than anything else. So if they are focused on an activity, obviously if it's purposeful, they're not you know, smashing something or crashing something. If they're involved in activity, if they're sitting reading, you know, looking at a book, if they're doing a jigsaw bottle, anything. If they're involved in activity, don't interrupt them because concentration is developed um, in the early years. So her concentration or his or her concentration is more important than anything else. So, and then your second question was a really juicy good one. I'm so glad you asked it. Thank you. Um, uh, Crystal said... 12 to 18 months is considered too early in other potty learning specialists as the body is physically not ready. Why do you think this controversy exists? Okay, so I can tell you something that um, if you look at the 1960s, the 1970s, even the early 1980s, before disposable nappies were widely available, um, both physically available and economically available, 90%, I believe the statistic is 90% of children were bathroom independent by the age of 18 months. And children have not become less capable in that time. Now, I believe the average age for potty learning is about three years old. The only difference is disposable nappies. That is what the difference is. Um, So before, if a child is in a cloth nappy, they can feel the sensation that wet sensation is not very pleasant, so they would be more in touch with their bodies in a disposable nappy because that pulls that obviously it pulls the moisture away that 's how they 're meant to be designed right so that the child doesn 't feel anything so they 're not used to the feeling of that elimination they 're not feeling that sensation of wet and dry they 're not feeling that discomfort that comes from wet underwear, wet trousers, wet leggings, whatever it might be, wet shorts um, so the, um, this idea of readiness, of a child being ready at a magical time, at three, three and a half, is a construct by the disposable nappy companies where they actually decided, um, and if you speak to the principal of Monacoal here in Dubai, she can tell you which board of directors, I can't remember what it was, but a board of one of the big nappy companies actually decided that they were going to have this idea of um, potty training potty learning toilet training readiness and they will be able to sell more nappies remember the longer we are told that our children need disposable nappies the more money pampers huggies anyone even eco-friendly people are making okay and this was not the case 30 years ago 40 years ago Um, children are capable are learn of uh, they are aware of their of their bodies if we give them the opportunities and i 'll circle back to what I said before it 's all about offering them opportunities. Um, think about um, people, indigenous people, traditional communities where there are no disposable nappies. What do they do? Elimination communication from birth, a baby will be offered opportunities to eliminate because the mother or the parent wearing them on their body will feel when they are ready to, when the child wants to eliminate or not. People who have no access to disposal nappies and have no access to um, running water to wash even a cloth nappy, for example, cannot wait for the child to be three, three and a half, or when someone in Western society, a Western doctor, has told them that their child is not ready to hold. Um, If I think back to my training, my toddler and infant training, I believe that the bowel and the bladder is able, has the capacity to hold for short periods of time from nine months. And that is far, 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 far away (laughs) from what we are told that, you know, a child can hold, uh, only able to hold at the age of three or whatever it is that we're told these days. So... There's a couple of things to unpack. One, this idea of readiness is a construct by a big corporate who wants to make money from us. The second thing that they cannot hold. No, that's not true. There is some level of holding available, even if it's for a few minutes, from when a child is still little, tiny, a baby, not even walking. And the sensitive period in terms of, and if we look at Dr. Montessori's philosophy of these sensitive periods, the sensitive period of body awareness is 12 to 18 months, when they start becoming aware of, really aware of when their body is eliminating or not. But we need to provide opportunities. If we're not able to provide opportunities, then it may be later for our child. And I'm not saying that's wrong or right, but... um the the evidence is there that that potty training that toilet learning is so much later and it's just because of disposable nappies and our lives are different in western society they're a lot busier they're a lot faster um, we don't have the time perhaps to dedicate to toilet learning earlier that people had 30 40 50 years ago when lives weren't as busy so there's lots of things going on here but i want to assure you hi ruba i want to assure you that your child will be ready as long as we provide opportunities, as long as we provide the, um, the opportunities in the environment and, the, um, and we're right in our heads about it, if you know what I mean. Hey Christelle, thank you. Um, great explanation, thank you. Can you tell us more about night learning? Okay, so night learning is a completely different kettle of fish. Um, urination, at night is completely different, or during nap time, sorry, let's just say sleep urination is completely different to daytime. In order for a child to be, um, their body to be able to wake them up, to tell them their bladder is full, a hormone needs to be produced. For some children, that hormone is not produced till much later. Um, So, to give you an example, my son aged two, less than two was um, asked to remove nappies at night. He didn't wear any type of nappy. Um, and we did a combination of elimination communication from birth, some cloth nappies, some underwear when we were at home, and then disposable nappies at night. And before the age of two, he was completely dry day and night. He asked to remove his nappies at night. Well, actually, no, he didn't ask to. He just removed them and then screamed because he didn't want to wear them. He has pretty much consistently been dry since the age, less than the age of two. Um, I know when he's getting sick because he'll wet the bed at night when he's getting sick. My daughter is seven and she is not consistently dry every night and it's just this hormone. For her, this hormone hasn't kicked in yet. For my son, they kicked in very, very early. Do not worry. Um, my amazing pediatrician um, said that, I think the statistic is something like 20% of children still wet the bed regularly until the age of eight um and he was like do not stress she's where she's meant to be if by the age of eight she's more wet than dry then yeah let's have a look at it but don't stress beforehand and now it's so funny that um or maybe even be the age of seven that 20 15 to 20 percent um but since she turned seven just like in the past month or so i've noticed her dryness is much more she's maybe wet one or two nights of the week Um, where she's wetting the bed. So, it's honestly, night learning is a completely different kettle of fish. Don't stress about it, don't worry about it. Get them in contact with their body during the day, that's most important. Um, Hi, Isil, your question is, do we continue to keep nappies on at night or let them wet the bed? Depends, if they're happy to wear a nappy at night, then you can keep a nappy on at night. But if they don't want to, we can't force them to wear a nappy and let them wet the bed. Um, and then again, that's a natural learning process. But it's all about the hormone. It's not whether it's wrong or right. If the hormone isn't developed yet, in um, that that lets them that lets their body know, lets their brain know, that signals the brain that the bladder is full. Then I mean, no, no, no I've seen you can get like. Um, training pants that send off an alarm or something at night it's like sounds to me like so barbaric um and I know that there's lots of potty training specialists and stuff who would disagree with me and I know there's loads of different schools of thought I completely appreciate that but I do know that there is this hormone at night it's completely different night urination is different and don't stress about it offer opportunities during the day honestly that's the best thing we can do just offer opportunities during the day when we need to go to the loo then invite our child to go to the loo as well you know it really is as simple as that Um, and just let it be really really easy Um, just be really mindful of the energy we're bringing to it you know and make sure you're prepared for spills you know when you go out and about have you got clean clothes have you got a plastic bag um, to put wet things in Is it easy to clean up at home? All of that stuff, you know. Just let it be um, really really easy. Anyway, sorry, I've talked for so long. You know, the workshop I actually did when I spoke to a parent this afternoon, I think it was almost an hour we spoke for. Um, It sounds really bizarre to be passionate about this topic. But um, I really like kind of debunking myths. And I don't want it to be a stress for people because um, it can be really made up into this drama and also no stickers no rewards no sweets no chocolates none of that um bribery to go to the bathroom because it's really really weird um to bribe a child or to reward a child for something that's natural we just want this to be like a normal part so circle back to the beginning it's as natural as learning to crawl or walk there will be times when they're walking, learning to crawl and walk, where they will fall over and bump their heads. They will trip over. They will stumble over something, you know. And this is the same with um, toilet learning. There's going to be days. Um, <laughs> there's going to be days where um, it goes really, really well, and there's going to be days where there's misses, and both are fine. It's a natural developmental stage. Anyway, thank you so much for joining and for all of your amazing questions. Let me tell you, I'm putting together this toilet learning workshop. I'm thinking maybe I'll do it during spring break, actually. I'll do a couple of sessions during spring break. It's going to be an hour and a half. We're going to have loads of time for uh, question and answers. Yes, uh, thanks so much for your comment. Yes, I will uh, save this live. Um... And Asiel, your question. Sorry, one more thing. Is it a good idea to keep the nappy off at home when they're toilet learning? Yeah. Keep the nappy off as much as possible during toilet learning. Because we want them to feel what it likes to be what it is like to feel wet. We want them to see and feel we running down their legs, because then they know that there's something not quite right, hey? And that's why it's a miss. It's like, oh, you missed the toilet. Let's go there now. And you can put some clean undies on. Super, like super, super um super free and easy um i will put on my feed um when we do the toilet learning workshop for spring break um and what i'll do in the toilet learning workshop is we'll go through step by step how you do that process how you go from nappies to no nappies what is the emotional preparation you need to think of what the physical preparation what do you need in your home how do you need to set it up the importance of autonomy the importance of the child doing everything so i'm going to cover all of that but um i'll let you know on my feed when that is coming up Thank you so much for joining all of you. I will put this on all of the platforms. This will be on IG Live. This will be on YouTube, Spotify and iTunes. Thanks so much for joining me. I love you all and I'll speak to you soon. Bye bye.